What do parents need to know about the current number one hit song on Billboard Charts Top 100? Find out next on the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. Welcome again to the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Newsom. I'm Craig Thompson. That's Adam Whiteside. Together we are the pastors here, three of the pastors here at Mountain Hill Baptist Church. I'm also a podcast host myself and host a podcast called The Ordinary Christian Podcast. If all goes well today, we will uh, cross-post this in two different places. Yeah, uh, we we uh, decided to do this because we had a conversation in the hallway yesterday and um, I thought you know this would be a great topic to talk about on my podcast and I, I pitched it to Craig and he said, you know what, we should probably put it on his podcast as well. And so we're going to have that conversation and post it in both places. So, um, Craig, uh, we're just going to just throw it out there. Why don't you uh, rehash what you came into the office talking about yesterday? So I spent uh, a lot of years in youth ministry and um, uh, senior pastor here now. But one of the things that I've, I've always been interested in is youth culture and, and the way that our, our children are interacted. Of course, I'm a parent now of uh, two te- well, two youth, not two teenagers quite yet, uh, as well as two that are, that are just behind them. Adam's our student pastor here. And um, the other night I was at home and, and looking through the Billboard Top 100 and just caught really off guard by some of the music that, that's really um, infecting our culture today. We've got that in conjunction with what we're seeing. We had already talked about it and it's catching lots of social media attention with um, this this cuties uh, Netflix deal that appears to be something closely related to softcore porn that might be a little strong, but I'm not 100 percent sure. I've watched it, uh, but uh, just uh, from the, the graphic descriptions that I've heard, and um, really just kind of walked in, uh, just said, "Hey guys, have y'all seen this stuff?" And uh, I think I think what I said to Adam, I said, "I'm, I'm you know, I, I remember when I was in student ministry and the music or songs that I was concerned about, and yet they didn't." relate or rank anywhere near uh, where we are with with uh, with the the popular music of today so what you're what you're talking about just to sort of clue everybody in is um, the number one song on billboard's top 100 right now is basically it's basically pornography it it, it really is and, and as a matter of fact we all we just talked about it we're not going to give the name um, simply because we can't even really give the name without a reference to uh, some really filthy yeah. profane language so uh, we're not going to share the name of that but I, I just was shocked and saddened and angered and all the other things as I as I read it I I'm not really easily shocked anymore. I don't feel like I am. And yet there I read that and went, oh my goodness, what in the world have we gotten ourselves into? And then of course we've got, a, it's, it's not just, we've got a, a culture surrounding that that's promoting uh, that. We even have political, political uh, yeah. uh, p- people in p- places of political power that are promoting this person who sings this. And it's just, it's not been that long ago that a politician would have been uh, terrified to have been associated with uh, with an artist that would that would put out that kind of filth. And and it's not just that. Um, we were we were home watching a a, a Netflix uh, science show that's designed for kids. Um, and, and I don't mind naming that show. It's uh, called Brainchild. Um, really really great, and our, our kids love it. Um, but 
just in passing, they referenced this artist. Really? Um, yeah, and and so this artist uh, is not. It's, it's she is an influencer. She has been put out there as an influencer yeah. to our young people. Yeah, this is mainstream. I mean, you're not surprised by you. You spend a lot more time with our teenagers than than Kevin and I do. So you're not surprised by so this stuff. So how how pervasive is is you know this type of music in the teens right now? And that's what I was gonna. My first comment was gonna be the reason that we're talking about this is because it is out there for my kids, your kids, your kids um, to to associate with. And the pervasiveness is going to come in uh, the accountability. If you if you know what your kids are listening to, and what your kids are doing, then then we're going to know what you know how how evident it is in culture. But the following that she has is huge. She you know when she was um, brought into the political sphere, she began debating people, and she's gotten all this yeah. all this publicity yeah. because of a. Because of something that would absolutely uh, terrify me to have anybody um, watch. Um, and, and, and I mean, this isn't new. You know, we we can look, go all the way back to kind of where the, the whole anti-vaxxer crowd comes from, and where does that begin? You know, uh, an, an MTV artist decides that she's going to uh, tell us that um, uh, that vaccinations produce autism, and that's that's where the anti-vaxxer crowd really finds their mm-hmm. their. Um, I guess their voice. So it's it's not like it's new that a celebrity would suddenly become a, a, a political mm-hmm. activist, but it still should shock us, right? So she's probably the top um, pop personality in the country, maybe even in the world right now. Yeah, right now, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and she puts out a song that is basically pornographic, uh, and, and, and it's number one. How does that happen? How does a song like that happen? Well, I, I think and the Become number one. I think the pornographic thing has to really hit wrong because again, I read it, um, and then honestly, like you read it and feel like you need to confess it because it's it's, but it's this is you're you're trying to do an arts entertainment podcast. It's not artistic, right? So what's the draw? The -hmm. draw is the pornographic nature of it, right? It's got the same draw that porn would because there's a draw for a sexual gratification. It's not a draw for an artistic gratification. There's there's nothing artistic about stringing together that many explicatives and stringing together that much uh, sexual content. There's there's no effort at, at art here. There's just an effort at, at vile and at, and at sexual gratification. And there is a, there just to be fair for what it's worth, there is a cleaned up version that's out there where they've taken a lot of that but it's still very um suggestive everything everything they replaced it with is still suggestive and the song didn't reach number one based off its clean version okay uh, it i mean i'm i'm certain that it is the the full explicit version that pushed it to number and, one and we should be clear like these two guys probably have a whole lot more understanding about popular culture than i do i'm, I'm not very like i i, I just I don't know any, I don't believe I know a single song in the Billboard Top 10 right now. I, I read through it. I don't think I know a single one, so I'm just a huge dork and a nerd when it comes to this stuff. So um, they, they weren't really surprised. You guys weren't all that surprised. Oh, yeah. I'm like, what is this? Well, man? I mean, I, I don't don't really know a lot of this artist's stuff, but um, I'm oh, not surprised. Oh, your favorite, right? You know no, the words. no, no. I know more about number two. I know, I know what <laughs> I know you're talking about. You're well, right. you asked why is it 
number one. That, how does it happen? How yeah. does that happen? Because in, we became blind to what, you know, to, to defining post, thing as, uh, yeah. Yeah, in a post-Me Too movement culture, how does this happen? Yeah, we became blind to, number one, being able to, to say anything bad about any um, thing uh, without you know labeling them without um, being accusatory we can't confront anybody in their argument in hopes of um, changing somebody's mind because we can't agree on, on where we're coming from but I think that we're blind to you know what it means to be pure when you know I think pornography and the the internet movement that ushered it into the to the full effect that we see it now has blinded us because uh, the the song and the video and everything that it is still isn't as bad as what else you can look up. Mm-hmm. So it's a you know if 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 we look at it and through the you know the in the big picture of what's out there to be seen on the internet, it's not as bad as what you can see, and that's the problem is that we have things that are worse than that. Well, and, and I mean, we're looking, so we're going to bring this back around and, and, and address this kind of cuties thing. And I, th- I think there's there's a relationship. Of course, there's a sexualization mm-hmm. even of young children in that, mm-hmm. uh, which should be very concerning. Um, so, some of what we got to talk about is the fact that as parents and, and, and adult, le- excuse me, adult leaders, we've got to know, we got to know what our children are, are listening to, what they're watching. Um but I think there's also the reality that we've got to expose them to better things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we need to expose them, help to develop a taste in them or, or the ability for them to have a, a taste that, that that desires more than that, that they would desire something that has, um, uh, you know, roots to it, that, that, mm-hmm. that, would, that would have um, girth to it as opposed to just the, the, the junk food that, that gets thrown at them with this stuff. Like we, We'll talk about the fact that there's no artistic appreciation in it, but have we really taught our kids to appreciate good music? That's exactly mm-hmm. I, I was getting, I would, I talked to my kids last night about whose boys to men were um, because that's the generation that I grew up in. And I said, somebody... By the way, I heard them referred to as the original boy band the other day, and I just felt like that was a slap in the face it of is. boys to men, right? It, I mean, I know it's is. a group of guys that did a band, but isn't that a slap in the face? Well, it's also yeah. a slap in the face new kids on the block earth wind and fire would you know do something to you are the turtles are the beetles come on anyway um you know i told them i said you need to appreciate what good music sounds like i said for me they're you went to boys to men well i said for me i love i said r&b they're the top r&b group i said we can argue about earth wind and fire um and against boys to men i said but i told them i said somebody's gonna look at you one day and say i appreciate the fact that you know who they are and it's it's true, it's, but nobody's ever going to look at you and say, "I appreciate the fact that you know what that song." And, and, and you know, you like my my kids are in older than yours, especially mm-hmm. well, my two oldest ones are older than yours. And so when Wyatt had a music class at the middle school, and they began talking about not just what's in in uh, popular culture today, but something like Queen, for instance, mm-hmm. yeah, he knows who that is, and he mm-hmm. knows what they sang. Obviously, we can still have a conversation about the fact that they, there were some cultural things they were pushing that we were very opposed yeah. to, but no question about the ability of Freddie Mercury to sing and about right. the ability of no. Queen to create incredible content and great right. music. But it's exactly what you're talking about, the teacher that goes, you know what that is? Yeah. And, and nobody else in the class, if, or if they did, they didn't speak up. You know, don't mm-hmm. appreciate what, what's there. Yeah. And, and 
back to the point about boys to me. Parents, parents need to know what their children are listening to. I, I do want do want to say we 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 say that we want you to know. We want parents to know. Um, what they're listening to, but if if any of our listeners or viewers want to go look up this particular song, you just just be warned. Yeah, just it, please be warned. Well, that is the most graphic thing you will probably come across in in your life. Hopefully, in a long time. But, but even if you talk, we want to know what they're listening to. Like, I mean, I've got my AirPods in my pocket right here. It's it's a different world. I know what my kids are listening to when they're in the truck with me, mm-hmm. but when they put their earbuds in, I don't know what's going in. So. What am I doing when I have the opportunity to influence them? And that's where you started with being able to appreciate. Yeah. You know, the you know a lot of the music that we listen to now. I mean, you have a lot of fun. But they all they all sound exactly the same. They actually yes. have created an algorithms and yeah. formulas that say this works with popular um, in popular culture. With so this make genre your, has one formula. And this genre make has your song formula. sound like this, and it'll be a hit. So are you suggesting Boys from Is better than Florida Georgia Line? R and B, they are. I think. I think. That's I think that, that's not that, really. That's well, you're going to have that question. Not, yes, the answer is yes. The answer is yes, but it, the statistics say that they're probably. I don't care about the statistics. Well, I'm I'm not arguing about who's better because for me, absolutely. But Kareem scored more points than Jordan, but was he better? You know, don't tell me about statistics. Just tell me what was better. No, Florida Georgia Line has the number one all-time selling single. Uh, so uh, I'm just saying, you you know, however we're going to calculate better. Subjectively, I absolutely agree with boys to men. Anyway, um, being able to expose them to things that they can appreciate and say, this "This is what you know music is." You know, we all like to say, "This is what real music sounds like," but you know, we don't have to say that if we've exposed them to the entire um, gambit Hmm. uh, of music. Then they can define for themselves what good music is. But if you only let them listen to this. And there's this out there. Eventually, they're going to get to the rest of it and not know what to do with it. Well, but, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. No, no I mean, I'll ask sure. you this question. You said something that I would argue a bit with, and I don't even know if we're going to get to the cuties thing. But you said let them define for themselves what good music is. But that sort of suggests that there is not an objective definition for what good music is. Is there not an objective way for us to determine what is good? I'm uh, I'm not entirely sure. I'm well, not entirely the, sure there would be an objective way. Um, it, it, Good is objective. Good, uh, you can't account for taste, uh, and and taste is going to run the gamut. You can't I mean, account for taste, but we can still say that there are some things. And I'm not the musician. Skill, here. artistry. There's something a, a right, right. Thing. So, so if I if I look at Otis Redding, right, mm-hmm. uh, nobody's going to argue against you. I, I, I know that. That's what I'm <laughs> saying. That's that's good music. Um, even and and just because somebody might produce a song today that would sell more copies. Absolutely. Right? right. The, like the one, the, the number one album that we're talking about right now, mm-hmm. right? The number one song. Okay. We're not going to look at that and say it's good music. And it's, it's, and yet it's still maybe more successful. Mm-hmm. So, you know, helping by exposing our kids to good music, we're not, we're not allowing them to define what good music is, but to recognize good music and at the same time to be able to walk away from, from some of the trash. And and this hints on uh, something I talk, uh, talked about with a guy interviewed um, about the Christian music and uh, Christian film industry. Uh, we sort of uh, discussed the fact that, that business trumps art. Right. Business is, in, in, in our culture, 
the business side mm-hmm. is going to trump the artistry every time mm-hmm. because it, it's a music business. It's a it's a film. It's a movie business. It's uh, all these things that they're trying to make money. And and the truth is, I mean, it's been been true for a long time that sex sells. It does, and and it's but it's it's not just so we talk about sex sells in the secular world, but even you're talking about Christian industry, Christian music industry. Even the Christian music industry doesn't always promote the best music, the best artistry, or or even the best production of that. I told you, I've I've seen for King and Country in concert, and it blew me away. It was, I mean, they they were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is uh, maybe exaggerating a bit here, but I mean, we're talking Mumford and Sons quality. I mean, very good. I listen to what gets then produced for them to to be played on Christian radio. The radio and yeah. it's it's not even fair. Right. No. It's not even fair. It but but what what does Christian what does Christian radio play? What is their target audience? Mm-hmm. Right, target audience are soccer moms, right? Moms in minivans is what they're aiming for, and that that's uh, moms in minivans aren't bad people. Uh, but I'm just saying they've 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 got their 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 target goal there. So along along the. Um the topic of sex sells. Let's let's shift now and, and spend the last ten minutes or so um, on cuties. Okay. Um, this you know uh, there there's been it's been all over social media. There's a lot of people have been writing blogs and doing podcasts and slamming it. And then there are people which is that, why we're doing. We want to be popular. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, and and then there are a lot of people who are, are praising it. But I really have an issue. <laughs> Not that many of them anymore. <laughs> they're they're falling by the wayside. <laughs> I really have an issue. How, how are you going to make something that's rated mature that your stars can't watch? And and people, uh, kids... Is it rated who, mature? It is rated mature, okay. TV mature. Okay. The stars shouldn't shouldn't be watching okay. it. Um, and so who's your audience? If you're, if you're, you're making something about little girls that's rated TV mature, who's your audience? Well... That that that's question terrifies me. Yeah, I'm just exactly. not going to go there. Yeah, exactly. You know? But but even the argument um, is that they're they're, they're creating this uh, this. Uh, do they, I don't guess they call it a biopic since it's about. Well, I guess it would be because it's about an individual um, and, and and her coming of age and questioning her sexuality and sort of rebelling against her parents' norms. Um, you know, I, I I can be opposed to a lot of those things just out of the gate if she was 16 or 18. Mm-hmm. We're talking about an 11-year-old girl. Like the idea that we should encourage or celebrate an 11-year-old girl exploring her sexuality is terrifying to me. It's absolutely, I've, got, I've got an 11-year-old girl, mm-hmm. and that is terrifying to me um, because... My responsibility as her parent right now is to protect her from these things. I've, again, I've, I've I've watched none of the trailers. Right. I've watched none I've, of it. I've watched none of um, disclaimer. I've, but I've, 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 you know, I've, I've, what I've gone through is I've read the detailed mm-hmm. accounts of exactly what's happening. We've got it. Uh, I'm operating under the assumption these people are telling the truth, but we've got situations where we're promoting, you know, preteen, eleven-year-old girls dancing in front of men to get attention or to get mm-hmm. out of trouble. Preteen girls who are t- taking pictures of of their their private body parts and texting them out. I mean, these are the kinds of things that we should be actively advocating against. And it's this isn't just a Christian thing. Like as a culture, as a society who wants to protect children, mm-hmm. we should be actively advocating against. And yet, we've got this giant conglomerate Netflix that believes that this is 
something that is to be promoted. I mean, it comes out of France, so let's just be aware that in, in the French culture, the idea of, of pedophilia um, is, is not as terrifying as it is to us, yeah. right? There, there is a more, there is an, a, I won't say, they wouldn't probably use that phrase, but there's an openness to, uh, to those things that we certainly don't share here in, in America, nor should we, mm-hmm. uh, from a Judeo-Christian worldview. Um, but it's not just about a film maker, it's about a conglomerate like Netflix that says this is something we're going to promote. And not just promote, they've decided to live and die by it, you know, uh, amidst all the outrage, they're going to keep pushing it, so... Right, uh, and I asked a question, you know, in a in a post Me Too world, how does how does this number one song become number one? So it's a similar question in a post Jeffrey Epstein world, oh. how does this get made? I, 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 you, you talk about Jeff Epstein. Uh, I'm thinking about like Rachel Den Hollander and the, the Mississippi State fallout, where we've got gymnasts, young gymnasts who are being Michigan. What did I say? Mississippi. Oh, I'm so sorry. Michigan State. Mm. Um, that's Mississippi. Your your home. That's right. Uh, but young gymnasts that are being sexually abused mm-hmm. by coaches, mm-hmm. and of course, a, a, a larger fallout as USA Gymnastics is really in uh, in turmoil over this particular thing, mm-hmm. and yet we essentially have this this movie that promotes that. Go ahead. I, 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 no, I, I think even I, before I mean before Michigan State was Penn State. Mm-hmm. And but, why did it take a movie to to turn our heads about? You know, I think it happens a little bit at a time. I think the 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 culture that we lived in, the protection that the individual wants, and of their body and their mind and their thoughts, you can't you can't have a conversation about what's bad and what's good or what's um, what's right and what's wrong without somebody claiming you know that they um, are entitled. Well, because then, if they're entitled to something, you've automatically claimed uh, claimed victimhood. If you, you know, because this is mine because. And yeah, and, and I mean, as you're talking about that, right? We so we can be really specific about the fact that what we see being promoted for, like, I mean, the 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 thought process behind this movie is apparently this young girl sees somebody twerking, which is sexually suggestive stripper pole dancing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that's what it is. Um, see somebody doing that and goes, that's what I want to be a part of. Um, a, a bigger question to ask beyond the movie is how have we allowed that to become that's, common? And I think this is where you're going. Yeah. How have we allow that to become common in the culture of our children, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we, we had this, this is a big part of the conversation we had the other day was uh, we're seeing in cheer competitions, mm-hmm. cheer routines, dance routines. And again, we're three dads of daughters. Mm-hmm. Um, so there, there are four All little girls. Dance. Yeah, four little girls yep. represented here. There's dance, there's gymnastics mm-hmm. and cheerleading all represented right here. Um, and, and, and it's some of that concern that we have about the fact that much of what we see promoted as, as dancing for even even six, seven, eight-year-old little girls is incredibly sexualized. And rather than speaking into that culture, standing against that culture, um, we've seen parents really on the sideline uh, just, just slowly begin to accept that. And then we have a movie that comes out very few people even talking about the twerking aspect, the mm-hmm. sexualized dancing, because well, that's just that's just part of it, right? I mean, that's that's kind of the argument that comes. 
And it, we, it's got to go this much further before we get there. But the reality is we don't go that much further from sexualized dancing among seven and eight-year-olds to using your body to try and get an advantage over older men. The, the, the leap is just not that far. Yeah, and to, to singing and dancing along with songs like the one we've talked about. And why, why, why don't parents or why don't they have the ability to say anything? Because many ability to speak out and say, I don't want my daughter to be a part of something like that. Uh, often, and we've had this discussion too, is because you identify as a dance person. And you're not able to stand against the crowd because then you'll lose your crowd. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or you're afraid. Like yeah. parents get afraid. I, because if if I say my daughter is not going to wear that outfit, mm-hmm. right, then then my daughter might not get to participate. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I say I'm uncomfortable with that dance routine, my daughter may not get to participate. You know, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not comfortable with with these things, um, but you can't I, oppose the movie without opposing the culture. Yeah, one of y'all said that in the hallway. Yeah, it's yeah. so true. Let's let's give we'll give you credit. But it's 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 right. It's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, at what point do we say, okay, the culture that's created this, mm-hmm. this movie just celebrates the culture that's yeah. risen up around. This. I was I was reading. I just started a new book on um, art and Christianity. Um, it's it's on the bottom over there, and uh, um, he he just said, you know, artistry is. Is prophetic to culture, so you've you've often said that that politics is downstream of there culture. Mm-hmm. Artistry is upstream right. of culture. Yep. That's yep. right. And and so if, if it we creates s- culture, it creates culture. And so we 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 see this this sort of artistry is is, is a reflection of where our culture is going. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we can for for those of you that are paying attention, and want to start off. We can we can go back and look at the postmodernism that's infected our culture today. Um, and if this goes too far for some of you, just brace with me for a minute. But the postmodernism is, and postmodernism is essentially a, re, a rejection of meta narrative. Postmodernism is your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth, and it's it's mainstream today. Uh, but it didn't begin mainstream; it actually began in in the arts uh, and, and and eventually made it into the humanities. But but <clears throat> postmodernism begins with postmodern painters, right? Mm-hmm. And right. and those postmodern painters. Uh, affect and influence postmodern writers and novelists mm-hmm. and, and eventually that art filters its way down into the academy and then eventually that that academic discipline of postmodernism begins to mutate shape and, and change and it, it eventually makes its way out into the culture um, and you know we, we can't we can't miss the fact that even in, in, in this we we can go all the way back to a Martin Polanski uh, right who who is, um, convicted, well, I guess convicted would be the term of, of sexually yeah. assaulting a 13 year old girl, um, but continues to be to, to receive awards from the, the, the Hollywood elite, even though he's a sexual predator. You know, he flees to France mm-hmm. and is never extradited to face punishment here. But until until the Me Too movement, so we're we're talking about this happened in the seventies, right. and it's not until the Me Too movement that finally you've got some folks in Hollywood that go, well, maybe we shouldn't support this guy, mm-hmm. and it's still not all of them, right? Um, because he was an artist and he was creating things. So uh, just just being aware that th- these these are th- there's there's an effort to push a narrative right here, and we need to be aware of that. Um, but just. I, I guess we're probably coming short on time. Yeah, that's sure. fine. Um, well, then let's, I'll, I'll take over for a minute and kind of shift this background to some things that are super application-driven uh, for parents that might hear this. 
um, and and to tie sort of this music thing and, and the, 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 the cheer thing all into one place. What are we doing as parents, first of all, to train our kids to appreciate, to recognize, and to acknowledge the good, the beautiful, and the pure? Um, and, and I think that we've got to move beyond uh, a simplistic, popular level Christian mindset that says, well, turn on K-Love and everything will be fine. Uh, because Christian music can be good, beautiful, mm-hmm. and pure. Uh, sometimes it's good in, in the sense of being good and, and gospel-centered, but it's not beautiful at all. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes Christian mm-hmm. music can fall prey to the same thing. You're talking about pop music mm-hmm. with just the algorithms that right. teach us what, what we need to do. And then, of course, you can have Chris Tomlin create a country song that was just awful. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead, my application point would be to to do your homework. Um, don't let culture um, define what's right and what's wrong for you. Even in Christian culture, um, we can say that we love this artist, and um, they might you know make beautiful music. And but then they, they do one with Florida Georgia Line, and you want to throw up. Oh, we're not talking about the same thing. But what do they stand for? Uh, will they speak out against uh, uh, anything yeah. that threatens? Uh, their sales or that threatens their label or their name. Um, so before you tell your kid that this is a good person um, or you can, you know, I, I look at, you know, my son and say, it's okay, you can be like him. Um, you can, you know, do what that person does or you can, you can, you know, research and, and find out what that person stands for. Before you say that, actually find out what those per- people um, stand for, not just how they sound or what they look like. But um, what uh, do they um, portray in their life? Do they do they believe in a meta narrative, an ultimate good, ultimate right, and ultimate wrong? Or are they ultimately only worried about what sales? And and I would say um, as we're I guess we're trying to wrap up. Here. I don't know. I mean, I was just trying to move <laughs> some application. We can keep going. Y'all talk forever. Um, yeah, it's, we were we're past half an hour, so let's wrap it up. Um, I'm gonna, I would say add to that. Um, know that uh, uh, the content that's popular, the content that's out there is the content that's selling. And there are artists who are out there that are trying to do this right mm-hmm. and trying to be good influences and, and trying trying to get... They uh, might be um, broke. Yes. Trying <laughs> to get wholesome, yeah. wholesome content out there. Go look for them. Yeah. Go find them and support them because if mm-hmm. you support them, then they'll be able to do more That's right. and get more content and, and, out there. And support them financially. Yes. Right? Yeah. I mean, not, not, not trying to be that guy, but <laughs> don't just put it on the YouTube and listen to it on, on replay. Go buy the album so that those mm-hmm. folks are encouraged to make more music or purchase their books. Um, the other thing I, I, I'll say, and then I'll, I'll try my best to let this be the last thing I'll say, um, but as parents, we've got to be willing to speak up and speak out. Um, and not just in our own homes. I, I got a, a friend, and it's not original to him. You know, it was his dad saying, but it wasn't original to his dad either. But uh, when good when good men do nothing, evil prevails. And um, uh, you know, the same is true. It's not always uh, this blatant form of evil. But when we refuse to do anything, um, bad things kind of continue to pr- proliferate. And mm-hmm. I, I had a, a parent here in the church the other day was uh, talking about how frustrated they were with the way that their their, their kids' rec practices are going. And so they had like a, fan, a, a team meeting, and, and this dad just spoke up and said, look, is, is there any way we could adjust this practice schedule? Because this just doesn't fit our family. You're, you're killing us. I, I, I'm not on board for where we are. I don't know what the outcome of that was, but he was the only person that spoke up. 
And afterward, he had several parents that came to him and said, man, I really appreciate you I'm saying you that. you said that, yeah. yeah exactly, because I, we've been thinking the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's been, you know, I don't know when to shut up. So, But it has been my experience more often than not when I speak up uh, with questions or concerns about a classroom situation or a sports mm-hmm. team or a dance team, more times than not, I've got somebody and usually right. multiple somebodies that are going, I'm glad you asked that question mm-hmm. because I, I, I was thinking the same thing, but I, th- I thought I was the only one. You're almost never the only That's one. Right. You're almost never the only one. And even if you are, if the questions or concerns you have are right, mm-hmm. have the courage to speak up uh, and, and to speak out. You, you might be able to make a significant impact on your kids' lives and on the lives of other I children. Yeah. 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 All right. Any last words? Nope. I'm good. We're good? All right. Well, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening from the Christian Arts and Entertainment Podcast and from the Ordinary Christian Podcast, which is uh, Craig Thompson's podcast. This will be uh, posted on both. Yeah. Um, and so we'll hope, uh, hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you found it informative and, uh, we will see you next week. Thank you. This has been the Christian arts and entertainment podcast with author, musician, and worship pastor, Kevin Newsom. Thank you for joining us today for your comments and for subscribing. See you next time.